Welcome to the FBA Profits Show with your hosts Subi and Leland. Did you know the U.S. is the best place for entrepreneurs? According to Global Entrepreneurship Index, the U.S. ranks highest for entrepreneurs and developing small businesses. In second place is Switzerland, followed by Canada, the U.K., and Australia. Hi, welcome to FBA Profits. My name is Leland. I'm Zuby. Hi, Zuby. Hey, Leland. How hey, are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Welcome to everybody else, too. Thanks for joining us today. There's lots of options out there for podcasts and certainly those for fulfillment by Amazon. And that's what we're here to talk about is uh, being a reseller, being a retailer on the platform that Amazon provides through the fulfillment by Amazon program. And today, jump right into it. No goofy jokes, no giggles, at least not <laughs> yet. Uh, we'll jump right into it. And that's uh, using an automated repricer. Now in the past, Zuby, you've mentioned using a repricer. Usually those are running on top of the Amazon uh, Seller Central account that one of us would have. Uh, and there's lots of really cool ones out there. Just before we jumped on, I got to look at some of them. and They're data rich. There's lots of information and graphs and functionality. But I think today you want to focus on the one that's built into the Seller Central account. Correct. Um so it's uh, Amazon has their own automated um, built-in repricing tool. Uh, it's free. Um, and so today's topic is going to be for those newer sellers that are just starting out their Amazon business, don't have you know thousands of SKUs on their catalog, um, and don't really need to spend whatever the third-party re- uh, repricers' prices are um, to start repricing them. Um, as you grow, I would definitely, and we have recommended in the past, um, external repricers. Um, for the most part, um, there are a bunch of really good external repricing uh, companies out there. Um, the really good ones are the AI-based ones where they have uh, rules that are extremely, um, you, you, the, the rules you set are going to be based on very precise uh, actions on the market for that item uh, for each of your uh, catalog items. So, and and it can really have a major impact on your on your top line revenues um, and your ROI. Um, but they cost money. I mean, the repricers can run from tw- the good ones can run from twenty five dollars a month up to nine hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. um, depending on what you want and how many SKUs you have and which marketplaces you want to use it for. But Amazon's is free, um, and I think. Um, you know, we, we, have, we have never really in, in, in our in our podcast in the past, we've talked about repricing, but never really talked about the repricing uh, tool that Amazon have has. And we've never made a video on showing people how to start using it. So if you are tuned in, um, this is basically and we're just going to scratch the surface. Um, even Amazon's uh, automated re- uh, pricing tool. Um, there's a lot of different levels you can get into it, um, but we're gonna we're gonna help you find it. We're gonna help you sort of understand the basics of it, um, and then um, you know if there's enough requests and demand for um, us d- delving deeper into each of the customized rules um, and into you know different marketplaces, into how to set your min and max prices and whatnot, then we can create a more advanced uh, topic or or, or um, video on it. Uh, but for right now, this is just going to be a very basic overview on how to find and set up your automated pricing tool on Amazon, which is absolutely going to be free for you. Um, and 
and it can it can have a significant impact on your uh, on your sales as well especially if you're a newer uh, reseller who has had some sales and you have inventory in stock but you've been manually repricing so with that said let's jump right into it uh, we're going to get uh, started and everything is going to be done through the seller central uh, um, marketplace or platform uh, so log into your seller central account um, click uh, or go uh, hover over pricing and the fourth uh, line down it says automate pricing that's what you need to click on and that will take you to the um, automate pricing page and from here um, definitely read everything when you're on here understand what each of the different tools are for uh, but you can filter by marketplace um, if you're part of the uh, north american uh, program that uh, Amazon has, you're all, already you're going to have three marketplaces on there, which is going to be amazon.com, .ca, and .mx. Um, so filter by marketplace, I would recommend just keeping it in, in .com for now for the US. And you're going to see a, a, a yellow uh, button on the right that says create a customized pricing rule. Um, so by clicking on that, you're going to get to a page where you can create your new pricing rule. Now, before you actually create your pricing rule, it's important to understand what each rule stands for or what each rule will do. There's five different um, rules that Amazon has pre-populated into their automated pricing tool. Um, four of them are just for standard orders and one is specifically for business pricing. Uh, we're not gonna touch on the business pricing one um, and we're not gonna touch on uh, one of the standard price ones because uh, I'll, I'll explain when we get there. But um, on the right-hand side, you're gonna see a box that says, what are the different rules and which one is right for you? If you click each one of them, then it's gonna explain to you what each rule is. The first one is a competitive buy box rule. And this is basically, it allows you to set a repricing or a pricing um, rule that tells Amazon that if it's within these two numbers, you know, let's say $15 and $22, those are $15 is your minimum price and $22 is your maximum. If that product is selling within those two numbers, then it should kick in the repricing for, for your inventory of that product. And you only want to compete with FBA sellers. You don't want to compete with non-FBA sellers. And you only want to compete with those sellers that have the buy box. You don't want to compete with anyone that, the, if the buy box is suppressed, this is not going to work. If the buy box is um, by, is is owned by a uh, merchant fulfilled, it might or might not work uh, because this is, it, it, it all depends on how you fine tune this rule uh, going forward. But it's basically, uh, uh, it, it just basically says that I want my rule to compete with whatever the price of the buy box is. Um, if you've been selling on Amazon for a while, you you know this, that the buy box algorithm uh, gives huge, it's hugely uh, skewed towards FBA sellers. Uh, if you're a merchant fulfilled seller, for the most part, you're not going to get the buy box unless you're significantly lower in price than the FBA sellers out there. Um, so this is the most common rule that you will have. Um, and, and just to take a quick step back, we also recommend that you you create multiple rules because each one of your SKUs in your catalog could, could require a different rule. You know, you might have 15 different SKUs that were, where all the buy box is suppressed. So you have to compete against something other than the buy box because if the buy box is suppressed, meaning that 
Amazon doesn't think that any seller's price is low enough to warrant getting the buy box, all you're going to see is um, you know, available from these sellers and you have to click on that link to be able to purchase it. So with the buy box being suppressed, if your rule says, I want to compete against the buy box, there is no buy box, the rule is not in effect, you're not, your pr product is not getting repriced. But there's a secondary rule, which is the second link on that box. It says, what is a competitive lowest price rule? The competitive lowest price rule means or states that if the lowest price on that item is within my min and max pricing, then I want you to reprice mine to compete against that lowest price. It doesn't matter if the lowest price is FBA or merchant fulfillment. All that matters is that the lowest price has to be within my, my, my minimum and maximum uh, pricing that I have set. So the difference being that if you set a competitive lowest price rule for an item that, is, uh, that has the buy box, you are going to most likely get the buy box for sure. But if there's any merchant fulfilled sellers that are way, you know, so let's say the FBA price is $14.99 merchant fulfilled price is $13.25. If you are competing against the lowest price, so your price is going to be $13.24, um, even though you would have gotten the buy box at $14.98. Um, so it's important to understand that even though you've set your pricing once, it you have to go back at least you know weekly or monthly, depending on how much time you have to review this stuff. Uh, but take a look at your inventory and make sure that you know your rules are still uh, applicable to how that piece of inventory is moving on, on the marketplace. Those are the two main um, rules that you want to always concentrate on. Um, the third one is compete against external pricing rule. I wouldn't recommend doing this. I wouldn't recommend setting this as a, as a rule. This basically, this rule basically states that you want to compete not necessarily against what is what the price is selling on Amazon, but you want to compete against what this price is selling on Walmart or selling on a uh, on, on on a private website. Um, so it 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 makes sense for certain sellers, but as a new seller, as a somebody who's doing the OA or the wholesale model, I, it's not for us, and I would not even worry about it. Um, the fourth one, which is a um, rule based on sales unit, as you grow your business, um, this could come in play. Uh, and that it, this rule basically says that as if, if, if I sell, if I don't have any sales in the past X days, then set my pricing at, you know, competing against the, the, the lowest buy box price. But if I get 10 sales in two days, then raise my price by 5%. If I get 50 sales in three days, raise my price to my max. It allows you to change the price automatically based on your sales so that you can, if you don't have inventory in right now, you don't run out of stock. Uh, you can still maximize uh, your, your returns by raising your prices while you're waiting for more inventory to be shipped in and, and received by Amazon. Um, it could come in handy as you grow your business. Uh, but as a as a beginner, as someone who's just starting out or who just has a few SKUs in their um, in their catalog, the first two rules are the two main ones you wanna um, you wanna basically concentrate on. Um, and then the business price, we won't even get into that. It's just it's basically for if you've set up business pricing for your account, then it automates the business pricing um, based on min maxes as well. 
Um, so that's just, I think it's a little bit more advanced than what we want to get into right now. So anyways, those are the rules. Um, and like I said, we want to concentrate at the very minimum, you want to have the first rule and the second rule set up for yourself. Um, so how do we set up those rules? Very easy. You go, you go to your, you know, pricing, automate pricing page, select a rule. And let's say we're doing the competitive buy box rule. So we select that rule, name it, whatever you want. Um, something simple as, uh, you know, buy box, buy box rule. And you proceed to marketplace selection. If you're selling on all three marketplaces, go ahead and select all three of them. But if you do select all three of them and you are selling and you're part of the NARF program, highly recommend that you go to the California and the, sorry, the California, the Canada (laughs) and the Mexico and the Mexico um, website or um, uh, marketplaces on your seller central to make sure that the converted prices that Amazon has has created based on your US-based pricing is accurate. Um, what I mean by that is when you when you send in inventory that uh, is uh, that qualifies for NAR for the North American um, program that they have where it's it can sell in three different marketplaces, Amazon automatically just takes your current buy uh, sell price uh, on the dot com side. And just converts it based on that day's conversion rate to the Canada side and to the Mexico side. And then that's what it is. It doesn't get converted again. So you want to always go and double check to see which items you have that's active in those marketplaces. And then double check to make sure that the price that's listed on there for your, for you to sell is the correct price that you want to sell it on. Huge, huge point here. And we might be getting a little bit off topic, but it's important for you to for, to, to go <laughs> Not over this. Not us. We don't do that. I don't know no, we never do that, no, right? No, no. So on, in, in Mexico and Canada, there is, even if you're selling FBA, there's going to be shipping costs. Um, and Amazon shows you that shipping cost on there. So it's important for you to set your pricing plus the shipping cost. Not just because if you set your price at $27 and there's a $6.50 shipping fee. Well, you're only getting $21 from that. So make sure that you either have it as $27 plus $6.50 shipping or $33.50 plus free shipping. What, whatever, however you want to set it, but make sure you keep in that, that, that shipping cost that you are going to incur as part of that price so that the customer pays for it. So otherwise you're going to be losing money. Separate issue, but just to touch on it. For our purposes, we're just going to go amazon.com. Um, save and continue to select rule parameters. Go ahead and click on that. This is the fun part now. There are three different options that you have as far as how you want to select this rule. You can stay below the buy box by a specific dollar amount. You can stay below the buy box by a specific percentage, or you can match the buy box price, or you can stay above the buy box price by a specific dollar amount or percentage. So because our goal is to increase our buy box wins and stay in the buy box the longest. And because we know that one, one of the major portions of Amazon's buy box algorithm is that they give preference to the lowest FBA price, I, I would recommend setting it as stay below the buy box price and by a specific amount, not percentage. Um, you can do percentage if you want, but uh, by a specific amount and that, that amount uh, should be one cent right? Because that's all you really need. As long as you're one cent below the next FBA guy, you should be able to get the buy box. Um, you, you'll be rotating it with them, but you will get it uh, more often than they will. Um, 
just sort uh, as, as an offshoot of this, um, Amazon, nobody really knows what Amazon's buy box algorithm is, but for the most part, if you're within one to 3% of the buy box uh, price, you're going to get your turn in the rotation. Um, if, so that's why you can set it as if it's within one, per, uh, you can set it above the buy box and still get your rotation on there. And that's why that, that um, uh, action uh, is available for you. But the lowest person will get more time on the buy box than somebody who's priced higher. So that's, um, you know, stay below the buy box price by a specific amount. And that amount should be a penny. And which type of offers do you want to compare to an Amazon, uh, to on Amazon? All offers on Amazon for the same ASIN and condition. That's um, what you, uh, th that's the, the go-to one. Um, the other option is specific types of offers, only offers with the same fulfillment method or only offers from, the, uh, from other third-party sellers. Um, this is where you can choose if you just want to compete against other FBA merchants, if you want to compete against only third-party sellers and not Amazon themselves. Um, so I I like the first one. You know, just you want to compete against anybody that has the exact same ASIN and condition, um, and they have the buy box. Because if merchant fulfilled or uh, merchant merchant fulfilled sellers are getting the buy box, you still want to compete against them. You still want to get the buy box. So uh, I would say just keep that top one um, selected. Um, do you want to compare with prices that are off of Amazon? I wouldn't, um, I would definitely say no, uh, because we're only competing on Amazon. We're only selling on Amazon in this instance. And um, there's really no reason to, to worry about what other, you know, it, it can hurt your pricing if you're competing against someone, the Walmarts and, and other marketplaces that Amazon um, scrapes. Um, and then do you wanna continue repricing if, you're, if you update your prices elsewhere in Seller Central? Um, the answer is yes, you do. This basically means that you can go ahead into your manage inventory page and update your pricing there, and it, it won't impact your repricer. It won't stop your repricer from repricing. So, um, and that's, that, that's it. Those are the, the four places that you fill out, click save this rule to Amazon, and then it gives you a chance to proceed to SKU selection. And that takes you to your manage SKUs page. And this is where you not only get to select which SKUs, but this is where you put your minimum and maximum price in. Um, it's important to, the minimum price is gonna be based on whatever your um, ROI requirements are, right? So if you have a 20% ROI requirement, your minimum price would be whatever that price is to get you 20%. If you have a 100% ROI requirement, then your minimum price will be 100%, whatever that price is to get you 100%. The maximum price, I wouldn't go too high. Um, especially post-COVID era, Amazon, uh, their algorithm, because they got hit with so many different um, price gouging claims, and there were a lot of sellers that were price gouging, they, their um, algorithm is very uh, sensitive now to high pricing. Um, so if, if there's four or five different people selling on below you and your price goes to maximum, now you will go stranded inventory because Amazon thinks your maximum, your, your price is too high. So I would keep the maximum price. If your minimum is 20%, I'll keep the maximum at 50, 60% ROI. Um, if your minimum is 30%, you know, maybe 60, 70%. It's up to you what you decide that parameter is, but I wouldn't go too high. I wouldn't go 20% and 200%. Um, it just, you, that, that's what, when I first started um, 
selling on Amazon, that's what I would do because I, I wanted to, I want, I wanted to go as high as possible so that I can compete in as wide of a range as possible. But now at a, after a certain point, I'm going to be off the listing. My, my inventory is going to get stranded and I will lose sales. So it's, it's important to keep the, uh, the minimum, the minimum and the maximum uh, pretty tight. Um, so once, you know, you put, put all your minimum and maximum pricing um, in there, and then you select which one of these you want to uh, create this rule for. Again, it's important to understand, you just created a rule for competing against the buy box. So make sure you double check each one of those ones that you want to include in this rule to make sure there is a buy box on it, that the buy box is not suppressed. If the buy box is suppressed, I wouldn't create this rule for it. I would create the second rule for it where it's competing against the lowest price uh, or the, the lowest seller. Um, that's, and then you come back here on weekly, biweekly, monthly basis and double check to make sure that the ones that are priced to, to that, that are set to reprice based on buy box rules are still having the buy box. Um, so that's pretty much the basics of how to use the Amazon's, um, how to start using Amazon's um, automate pricing tools. There are, it, it, you can delve deeper into these tools. Um, you can delve deep, a lot deeper into Amazon's tools. And then if you ever get into a repricer that you're paying for externally, you can delve, you can spend weeks researching that stuff and still not know all the different um, you know, components of their AI uh, algorithm uh, that they can provide. So, but for our, our purposes for this recording, I think that uh, we've touched on where to find the automate pricing tool. I think, you know, we've gone through a few steps on the on the two most used and the two that we would recommend for newer sellers um, and, and sort of walk through each of them. If there's any questions or anything, feel free to email us. I don't know, Leland, if you have any questions, uh, let me know. <laughs> I know I kind of sort of just took a breath and went all in on this, but... Um, no, it's this is really straightforward with what Amazon has. And the only thing I would say, and if you go this route or even a, a route with a you know, uh, external repricer, um, play around with it, set some rules and then watch them. Uh, what you don't want to do is think that you got it nailed, uh, right away. And even, even when you start to feel comfortable, it's one of those things that you want to be on top of, um, you're automating the process of competing in the marketplace with, you know, many, many other sellers through many, many other products. This is specific to a product, but you also have to remember too, uh, there can be user error. We can put things in incorrectly and there can also be, you know, tremendous trends within something that you have where you might've said, Hey, compete to this point and coupled with uh, you type the wrong number or, you know, one's the lowest and tens the highest. Uh, and you never wanted to go to one. It's just one of those things that you want to watch because you can have inventory that suddenly just goes dead and you're trying to figure out why, and maybe somebody like me who forgets that there's a repricer running and I have more than one going on the same product or I'm coming at it a different way. Conversely, you could have something that just completely zeroes out all of a sudden and you're wondering, well, what happened? What changed? And your repricer went, you know, one penny, one penny, and your numbers were off or your number changed. Sometimes there's things that are replenishables that you put back in there. Is it still the same? Did you buy it at the same amount? Did the amount change? Did your ROI shift? These are all important to watch with the inventory. 
And that rule, if you set it up for just the uh, the ASIN, it's not going to care when you bought it. If you bought it at four or you bought it at eight or bought it at 12, it's just going to run on whatever the inventory is on that ASIN. So if you're playing with it, if you're starting with it, take it slow, pick one thing, see it, watch it, you know, play with the numbers and see how it affects or doesn't affect what's happening. But it's one of those things early on, you want to check it on a regular basis. It's not a set it and, you know, forget it. Yes. And this is, um, it's, it's almost like a wife's tale, but um, when, when I was using Amazon's repricer years back, um, one of the things that I kept on hearing, and then when I paid attention to it, I saw that it could be correct, is that Amazon's repricing tool doesn't really reprice up as much as it reprices down, or it doesn't mm-hmm. like to reprice up. Right. Amazon's goal is to try to, you know, they're very customer centric. They're trying to keep the prices as low as possible for their clients their repricing tool is supposed to reprice within that min and max that you put as long as there's movement in there. If somebody runs out of the stock, then they should move you up or higher to the next price. It It's a lot more obvious when you're using an external reprice than it is when you're using Amazon reprice. So I, Allegedly. I, I won't, yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, yeah. Allegedly. So, and <laughs> it's, it's important to know that Amazon's repricer reprices every 15 minutes or it's supposed to reprice mm-hmm. every 15 minutes. Um, you know, external repricers, there's ones that can reprice every five minutes or even faster than that. Uh, but it's supposed to reprice every 15 minutes, you know, with give or take. So um, th- these are just little tidbits that it's important to understand and know because you could set your repricer and then say, why isn't it repricing? Well, give it time. Sometimes it could take an hour. Sometimes mm-hmm. it could take longer than that. So um, it's just, you know, on average days, or they say minimum of 15 minutes, it takes at least 15 minutes. Minimum, um, yeah. 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 So. Okay. Good stuff. I really like, I, I liked your point about how, you know, if you're replenishing the prices change, a lot of people run into those issues where prices change and we just don't understand and or don't pay attention to it. And then all of a sudden you've got a winner that went into a loser or a winning item that became um, not as big of a win. We, when we create for through our profit packs uh, services, or even when we advise our clients, we tell them to make sure you put the price at the end of your uh, MSQ that you create. Mm-hmm. So the MSQ has the source, the item number or title, and then the price. So it's never a good idea to, you know, when, when you have, uh, one item that you're selling and then you're replenishing it, but the price changes. If you still have that item in stock, we wouldn't recommend creating a new MSKU for it because now you're going to be on the same listing twice uh, or three times. And that's against Amazon's terms of service. So you put it under the same one, but now your buy cost has changed. So unless you are checking inventory lab or you're checking your Excel spreadsheet or you're checking somewhere, you wouldn't know what your buy cost is you know, because the buy cost is incorrect now on the on the MSQ that you've just created. So it's important to gauge that as you're setting your reprice or to make sure that your your price, your buy cost, you know exactly what it is and that it's accurate. Yeah. And so just to recap, excellent tool to use, absolutely necessary, allows you to compete, be competitive with what you have in there. And uh, yeah. It's part of the Seller Central platform that you've you've subscribed to. So use it to start, get comfortable with it, and then you get to see the benefits of the external ones and all the bells and whistles and everything else there. So thanks yes. for walking through a step-by-step, Zuby. Awesome. Thank you, dude. You got it. 
Thank you for listening to FB A Profits. Visit us at our website www.fbaprofits.us for more details like our Facebook group and Twitter for timely news and events.